Hi guys, welcome back to my show, A Beautiful Conversation, where you get to elevate your everyday existence word by word. Because the best conversation is the one you have with yourself. So before I get into my word for today, I want to appreciate each one of you who've listened, liked, commented, and shared, and just supported me and my podcast. So many of the comments I received have really, really touched me. So today's word is balance, starting with the letter B. So I don't know about you, but when I hear certain words, I feel them. And many words conjure images in my mind. As much as I'm an auditory learner, as humans, we're very visual. So hence, you know, the cliched phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words. But I also want to flip that around to saying a word is worth a thousand images because it all goes back to word associations which are based on our experiences and our perspective. So to be honest, I wasn't too sure what word I would use for this week's episode. I did have a few in mind, but none that sort of resonated with me. But I wasn't worried because I knew something would somehow pop up. Like the wise sage Rumi said, what you seek is seeking you. So I guess, in a sense, balance sought me. And I also have to give credit to my dad who put the word in my mind. I was clearing away dishes after dinner and I asked my parents for a word that started with the letter B. So today's word is sponsored by my dad. And living in Asia, I think balance is also kind of seen as an almost spiritual concept, especially in Taoism with the concept of yin and yang, which I'll be talking more about. Actually, as I was doing some research for this episode, I learned some very fascinating things about yin and yang, which I never knew before. Even though I've lived in Singapore for more than 20 years, and this, I never actually knew what, this, what that symbol actually meant. So the Asian way of looking at balance is quite different from a more westernized way of seeing it, as in the sense of work-life balance, something which I will also circle back to later. And then there's physics with its fulcrums and pivots, which I'm not entirely equipped to talk about, but for those of you who are engineers or in mechanical fields, especially, I think you'll be able to relate to this in a much better way. For me, I would connect a fulcrum in a very simplistic way to sitting on a seesaw as a kid. Because I honestly think it's really amazing how kids instinctively know how to balance their weights on a seesaw without taking anyone anyone's weight measurements or height measurements or measuring the distance from the center of the seesaw to the end. But there's a lot we can learn from from kids as adults. So when I looked up this definition of balance from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, I found at least seven definitions of using balance as a noun and four more when you use balance as a verb. 
And one particular synonym that we could use in place of balance is the word equilibrium. So I'm not going to give you all seven definitions of balance here, just the ones that seemed the most relevant to me. But you're welcome to check them out for yourself in the link I'll be providing in the description. Balance can be defined as number one, physical equilibrium. So think of your balance while walking or riding a bike. Number two, an aesthetically pleasing integration of elements. So maybe this is the feeling we get when we look at certain pieces of art and also why other pieces of art can make us feel uneasy or out of harmony. Number three, mental and emotional steadiness. And number four, as a verb, to bring something into a state of harmony and proportion. So there are two metaphors that come to my mind when I think of the word balance. One is of a bike, as in riding a bike, and the other is what I mentioned earlier, the yin-yang symbol from Taoism, which is actually called the Taijitu. And I had to ask a friend to help me to get this pronunciation right. So I think the bicycle metaphor arose from constantly hearing a few of my friends talk about their biking experiences, which is now actually inspiring me to get a bike for myself. So I'm sure pretty soon a bike is gonna show up in my reality. I really learned how to bike when I was in India. Although my dad did his best to teach my brother and myself when we were living in the US. So we had these like training wheels attached to our cute little bikes, or maybe it was just my bike. And then when we shifted to India, I learned to ride on my own. And I literally rode my way into bushes so many times. But eventually I got the hang of it and both my brother and I rode to school on our bikes. So there's an obvious connection between biking and balancing, right? And once you get the basics right, it becomes kind of instinctive. Even if you haven't biked in years, once you get back on a bike, you somehow know how to keep your balance, even if you wobble a little bit in the beginning. It's instinctive. And learning how to trust our instinct is absolutely essential. I know I probably keep mentioning this quite a bit, but it really is and not just on a bike, but in life. Because like I mentioned in my previous episode, we come across these vast amounts of information, <clears throat> like gigabytes and terabytes of valuable information on a daily basis. So how do we decide which path to take, figuratively speaking? Especially if you're starting a new venture or you're switching careers, you have to go back to your instinct, which guides you to selecting the best for you. And you go from there and new avenue, avenues somehow open up for you. And then you gain speed, which brings me to my next point. Balance is very much connected to momentum. So when we first start learning to ride a bike, or if it's a skill we're learning, we're a little slow in the beginning, which is normal. But as we pick up speed, our balance improves which is why when we first start learning something and it gets a little hard, you cannot quit. In fact, you should go faster so you can quickly get through this initial learning phase to the next one and build momentum, which is a power by itself because momentum will carry you through more challenges with much less effort. 
like the idiom says, at least one of the idioms that I agree with, a rolling stone gathers no moss. So basically keep moving and also pick up the pace. In terms of the laws of physics, momentum equals to mass times velocity. And I did have this verified by, an, by one of my friends who's an engineer. So mass in this case, if we're talking about bike riding, would be your mass or weight and velocity is the speed at which you ride. So if we're talking in a more metaphorical sense, then mass might be the size of the project at hand. The funny thing is that usually the point at which we feel like quitting is a point just before momentum kicks in. And how do you know what point that is? Simple. It's the point at which you feel like giving up. By the way, I need to clarify something here. The things that I'm referring to here are either projects, businesses, relationships that you know deep within you that you still wanted to work. If there's even an inkling of a desire within you that you want this thing to work, then stay the course until momentum kicks in. But if you're in a job, a project, a business, or a toxic, abusive relationship from which you decide to walk away, because you've evolved or you've set your own boundaries or because it doesn't align with your principles anymore, I wouldn't consider that the same as giving up. I do feel though that 99% of things can be fixed, whether it has to do with work or relationships or objects. Which leads me back to my earlier point about learning to trust your instinct. The other image that came to my mind when I thought of balance was what I mentioned earlier about yin and yang, specifically the Taoist symbol. So you know the circle with a wavy line in the middle in black and white with two dots on either side called the Taijitu, like I mentioned before. And I learned some really fascinating information about this concept or philosophy of yin and yang. And I put the link for for this in the description box in case you want to read and explore more for yourself. To me, this symbol encapsulates both the duality and wholeness of life. And according to the Taoists, the word yin means shady side and yang means sunny side. So when we say something is whole, we usually mean it's not split up or divided because that would change the nature of its wholeness. So in the Taijitu, both halves are sort of chasing each other to constantly seek balance. Some other aspects of the yin-yang philosophy that I felt to be profound are that, number one, neither yin nor yang are absolute in and of themselves. So they depend on each other to be complete. But also, the completedness of one defines the completedness of the other. Number two, they're fluid in nature, so they flow into and with each other across the length of time. And number three, the summation of both of them forms a whole, which means that as one decreases, the other increases, and vice versa. So I don't know about you, and of course you don't have to agree or accept any of this, but to me this concept of the yin and yang seems to be a perfect metaphor, not just for balance, but also for how an ideal relationship could be. I know we've all heard the phrase about how our spouse or significant other completes us. And yes, no doubt that is true. However, 
even within a relationship, whether it's in a romantic context or, or a close friendship, both individuals, ne- both individuals need to be complete of themselves or in themselves. And like the yin and yang, to be interdependent and not dependent on each other. And then this idea of fluidity. It reminds me of Bruce Lee's famous words, to be like water. So water is such a powerful and versatile medium, a force of its own without even seeming to be a force. It goes where it needs to go, it does what it needs to do, it molds itself according to its surroundings, it erodes hardness with its softness, it always finds a way to reach its destination, it's highly efficient and always gets to its final destination in the shortest possible route, no matter what. Even our bodies are made up of 70% of water. And like I remind my friends, please make sure you're drinking enough water. But I digress because what we're really talking about here is balance. So which brings me to my final point about this concept of work-life balance, which I'm sure we've all heard about. I honestly feel this concept is now a bit of a misnomer. Primarily because each of us has like different definitions of all three of those words, work, life, and balance. And if you don't, then now would be a great time to revisit your own definition of each of these words. Because logically, it doesn't make sense that all 7 billion of us on this planet could possibly have the same definition of work-life balance, right? And if you don't have one, it's or if you had one that was outdated, especially now as the world experiences a huge change, it's a great time to create one for yourself and then constantly revisit it because definitions change as we evolve. You can't have the same concept of work-life balance as a single person if you're now married or with kids, right? So in whatever definition you do decide on, please make it fun for yourself. So today's episode was a little longer than I anticipated, but more importantly, I hope it's opened your mind up to new ideas and possibilities for yourself, which is also what I offer in my coaching, helping you to enlarge your current perspectives and live life by your own definition. So please pee at me if you'd like to know more on that. And as always, have a beautiful week ahead, and I'm already looking forward to our next episode together.